everybody. Welcome to the Tech Rapper Podcast. I'm Robert Scarbonito, your features editor. And Rotten Editor-in-Chief. Robert Jogget, site founder. Andrew Stretch, Creative Commons Editor. Creative Commons Editor. Hello. Thank you so much for bringing OGL1.0a back into the realm. You're, it's all you. You're the only one responsible for this. Thank you. So I know. I know. Well, I mean, not like any of you guys play any board games. You wouldn't know a, a meeple from a token, let's be honest. Hey, that's bullshit and you know it. <laughs> meeples aren't real <laughs> no i've got a giant box of meeples right under my desk mm, is it next to the console call. bag no the console bag's in the closet of shame with my stadia controller what else is in the closet of shame hmm the closet of shame uh the yeah. 3d printer that's print bed is not working correctly uh, mm. So that's frustrating me. Very the shameful. Printer that has a very small ink cartridge, and I always have to go out and buy refills. So that's in there. Uh, my dignity's in there as well. That takes up mm. a lot of space, though. A lot. Eh, of space. I mean, you know, much to give away. I mean, the store. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's I'll admit it's a small closet. <laughs> and, and actually, how much of that dignity is in Phil Spencer's closet? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, oh, okay. Those photos were not real. He, Everything he stores, the, the press is saying is a lie. <laughs> the dignity he collects are stored in vats anyway. Yeah. In a massive warehouse. It's true. And there's 120 million monthly active users in that vat, from That's what I right. hear. Yes. It's just a it's just a giant Xbox fridge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just a, an old Xbox One case. That's all. He hollowed it but, out and just yeah. put the holes in. Exactly. That's what gets it the green glow. We can watch NFL in there. <laughs> <laughs> By the water cooler. Uh, speaking of Xbox, Xbox did have a big event last week. Uh, we're not going to dive too deep into it in this episode, but you can check out our YouTube channel. We're Stretch along with our social media editor, uh, Christian. Together, just watched it, reacted to it, discussed it a bit. So if you want to check that out for some of our deeper thoughts into that show, go over to YouTube. But... For now, let's dive into some news. Uh, like we alluded to earlier, Wizards of the Coast, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast or just on Twitter for the last two, three weeks, uh, you know, they tried to reclaim their uh, their financial stake in Dungeons and Dragons first by like kicking down the door and then being like, oh, actually, we're going to knock on the door. And now they've ran away from the door because they have gotten away from any OGL 1.1 ideas and have just fully rolled back to OGL 1.0A, which is the original that's been around for 20 years. So any yep. licensing is just, you know, all of this debacle and fluff was kind of nothing. Yeah, they could have just avoided all of it. They, they just did nothing. It's it's been a fucking ride for a tabletop Twitter, just watching people go absolutely crazy um, about everything, um, for for a lot of good reason, of course, um, but for it to end, you know, not just in the same place that it started, but you know, Wizards of the Coast has also committed to putting the entire SRD, um, which is like the the resource document guideline that like goes over the base basic rules of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, uh, that's now in the Creative Commons, the entirety of it. Um, so you know now, kind of even for people who are skeptical of how much can they get away with with the OGL, um, knowing that the SRD is in the Creative Commons now is like. You know, wizards can't change anything, and even if they wanted to at this point. Um, over the course of this all, it did also bring up some very interesting comments as like more and more like tabletop IP lawyers got involved in stuff. Um, kind of looking at the at the OGL and being like, well, it the OGL really only is intended for if you plan to reference portions or whole parts of the SRD in your fifth edition published content so as like someone making a book of locations and saying that these are 5e compatible locations um that doesn't need the srd anyway um there's absolutely nothing that they can that the wizards of the coast could or could ever do to to say anything about it mm. so you know not only did it bring to light 
you know, how many people were like really counting on the OGL, how an OGL 1.1 would have been horrendous. 1.2 was getting better, but still had some finicky stuff. Uh, and now they've just rolled it back. You know, it, it might not have been that what people were, were getting uh, upset about would have even been valid. That would have taken like a lawsuit to really shake out in the wash. Um, so who knows whether anyone would have actually wanted to have taken on that fight to test the limits of how far the OGL actually, uh, actually covers. But at this point, it doesn't matter. Um, creators can continue creating. Um, I've seen so many of the fantastic creators that, uh, that, you know, I have chatted with in the past, or I've, you know, covered some of their books and stuff talking about how this is a great thing. This is a fantastic uh, move for Wizards of the Coast. Uh, I commented in my news piece of it, you know, it'll be interesting to see what what kind of that deeper community reaction is, you know, because we'll see those who continue to say, well, they tried to fuck with us once. We'll see if they try to fuck with us, with us again, even though they legally cannot at this point. Well, next um, I'll wage a war on Creative Commons itself. Yeah. All creative comments. I mean, they still want to make money somehow, so they're going to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's also interesting, too, throughout this, there were the reports that Hasbro was pushing this more so than Wizards of the Coast. mm -hmm. And two days ago, Hasbro dropped their Q4 revenue numbers, and they were down 17%. So I'm sure that was a driving factor behind why they were pushing for this. Yeah, it does yeah. feel very like corporately motivated, right? Mm-hmm. Compared 100%. to the usual like tabletop is very communicate community driven, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like yeah, as I've said in previous podcast episodes, to not entirely play devil's advocate, but like it makes sense that if there's a company out here, you know, making a million dollars based on someone else's IP, that the IP holders would like to get a slice of that pie. That's just business. Um, You know, we've said it before that like developers are not your friends. They are a business. I joke about how Phil and I are besties or how I'm a show for Xbox, whatever. I know Xbox is just out to get, you know, to get the numbers of my credit card. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's totally fine. You know, it's really Um, smart that Phil has, he says this every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) He's a pretty smart guy. Mm-hmm. I actually, I just got a text from him saying, "Hey, bestie, can you please do this? Yeah. Um, your next People paycheck is in the mail." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, bold of him to send the paycheck before you confirm you do it, though. That I oh, mean, he, he must is, trust you a lot. Pretty... I'm a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows you'll do he anything knows. he says. Yeah, he knows. There's no um, no concern there. And with all this Wizard of the, the Coast stuff, there is still a concern that I have about you know, that there, that there will be no way for them to add a clause about hateful content or hateful material. Um, you know, the horrendous stuff with the, with the TSR test of having a, um, a specifically dumb slave race that they likened to African-Americans or way back in the past in like 2002, there was a book that was released. that was all extremely sexually explicit, um, Mm. in, in, like, you know, I'm, I'm all for sex positivity. This was not sex positive. Um, mm-hmm. And so there was a fight for them to get that taken down um, as well. So yeah. it does mean that, that there isn't that protection um, to continue to make it wholesome, um, or at least not absolutely vile and filth-ridden. But, you know, here we're at, there's nothing that they can do to change it at this point. So, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. But, you know, couldn't you also argue that in there are other ways to get at those, you know, kind of more negative types of content that wouldn't, uh, you know, mess everything up for the smaller content creators that are actually making good things, right? Because I think changing the OGL, like wholesale like that, wasn't a great idea at least not for the smaller content creators. Um, so I don't know. I think I, I, well, I hope that this puts wizard and wizards in a place where they can think of new solutions to get at those kind of like racist, you know, misogynist, all sorts of phobics types of content out there. Or maybe even the solution is just do what you can to not draw attention to it. 
mm. you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I think of all of the changes, this is the only thing that I think I'm, you know, disappointed that is not going through. Mm. Um, but I, the people demanded 1.0a and the people got 1.0a. So the question on everyone's minds, and I think we've all been worrying about this, does this mean Matt Mercer still has a job? Is he okay? He's, Is he safe? None of yeah. none of the OGL changes. None of the OGL changes even affected live play shows. Mm. Um, and I mean, let's 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 you know not even assume. Let's not. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Um, I think that anyone working on the assumption that Critical Role does not already have some kind of special licensing deal uh, with Wizards of the Coast is absolutely yeah. fooling themselves. Yeah, they have official yeah. books from it. Yeah. Like, exactly. Wait, like, they, they have published official Wizards of the Coast books. They have self-published. Um, mm. They, you know, they are one of D&D Beyond's biggest reppers through a sponsorship deal. Um, yeah, there's there's no way that they are using the same thing that all of the common content creators are using. Right. Yep. What I think is interesting coming out of this whole saga, though, is that you know now Wizards of the Coast is rolling everything back. Everything is as it was. But Paizo, the folks behind Pathfinder, uh, during this whole debacle, they announced that they're doing their what's it like open gaming something. Or the orc, the orc, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they announced that they were doing that to kind of be an alternative to what at the time was going to be OGL 1.1, 1.2. Now that we're back to OGL 1.0a, uh, Paizo is still pretty committed to bringing their orc to life. So now going to be. I think it's still licensing. a smart play. Yeah. In yeah. terms of basically, yeah, everything goes back to kind of the way it was, but Paizo doing this basically says like you won't see this behavior from us specifically. And so they kind also, of set the stage to say like, Hey, we're, we're serious about letting creators do what they want. And clearly it worked because they sold six months of stock in two weeks throughout this entire debacle. So, you know, I think Paizo has been one of the companies that every time wizards trips up, they benefit because they're quick to jump on mm -hmm. uh, whatever it is that the community would prefer. Um, and I mean, competition is always good. Um, you know, you want that competition so that it's no longer that Wizards is the only one with the, you know, an, an orc OGL equivalent. Um, and that, you know, if they want the people, then they're going to have to make their deal more appealing. Um, that even the presence of the orc, even if it is pretty on par with where the OGL is at the moment, um, that's gonna that's gonna keep both of them, you know, in check with one another, which is only going to benefit the greater TTRPG community. Yeah, because I feel like if there's anything that can give D and D a run for its money, just in terms of like mainstream awareness, like people know the name, mm -hmm. I feel like Pathfinder is pretty high on that list. I mean, because it's basically D and D yeah. three point five point two, <laughs> which which is it makes it even crazier that you know the you know, one of the big driving forces for popularity in the TTRPG space and in, in Dungeons and Dragons is Critical Role, which started as a Pathfinder uh, game that then when they took it to, to live stream, they made the decision, oh, well, D&D is, is more popular. So mm -hmm. we'll swap systems to that. Right. So I don't know. We'll see. Like maybe in a year's time, you know, maybe then Paizo will have its orc out. We don't really have a timeline of when that's going to be done, mm -hmm. but I'd be very curious to see how does the orc and OGL 1.0 a stack up to each other and like what the better deal will be for creators out there. And uh, all of this OGL stuff has definitely not shifted any pipeline at all for Wizards of the Coast, that they dropped details without announcing to anyone um about the the next anthology book which is going to be a heist anthology which i think is particularly funny <laughs> mm. um but uh yes yeah, so like you know everything's still churning ahead none of this ogl shakeup has 
delayed content coming out or anything, you know, so the, the world continues to revolve and it's just going to be a black January for, uh, or dark January for, for tabletop. Yeah. But you know, what did get delayed a little known possible video game <laughs> slash vaporware, uh, That's called the day, sense. the day before, or the, maybe the game formerly known as the day before, because well, this little game, it's kind of like like a survival crafting type of thing. I think, right? You know way more about it because you've been following this pipe dream since last January. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's been I mean, this again. is one that's been on my radar a while. It's got a pretty big following. Um, I think well over a hundred thousand followers on Steam, which is substantial pre-release. I mean, most. Um, most games that release, I would say, are typically between the five yeah. and ten thousand followers um, that that do well on Steam, and so for them to have well over a hundred thousand um, is substantial. It means there's a significant amount of people interested in it. But I think it's been delayed two or three times since last January. Um, mm -hmm. This one's probably the bigger profile one because. They had a specific release date in mind for March. Previously, it was just like this month, this month, and, right. and was kind of kicked down the curb. But this time, it was like a specific date um, that they had announced. And then this happened where someone grabbed the trademark before them. Um, right. It, they're saying. Uh, Allegedly. A little weird. Yeah. Uh, they, they pushed it back because of a trademark. But this is also a game where uh, you say a lot of people are excited for it. And I would also say a lot of people were excited for Watch Dogs in June 2013 when, uh, when you know, there was a pre-rendered, beautiful-looking, quote-unquote, gameplay going on. And I feel like there there is a similar vibe going on around this game where all the footage and images you see looks really nice, like too nice. Yeah. You know? Yep. There's no fucking way someone's making the new aesthetic of Resident Evil but an MMO game. But you can just fuck off with that. Yeah. There's no way that's being achieved right now by somebody. Sorry, 234,000 followers. Yeah. I'm I'm not 100% sure how like the follower system works and on Steam and stuff. Is there a chance that there is like a certain percentage bot element to that to like hype itself up or is it more difficult for you to get like bot followers on a steam release so you uh, have so you have to have a steam account to be able to either follow or wishlist so wishlist is adding it to your wishlist that data is not public followers is basically you're following it so that if you go to your steam news page you'll get the updates from the game and so any game that you own you're automatically following uh you can unfollow them if you don't want to see the updates mm. but usually followers are significantly higher than wish lists. Um, okay. Which is why there's kind of a sweet spot. And I think it's like 15, 20% of followers typically become wish lists. Um, but it's certainly possible that it, all it would take is creating a steam account and following it. And that's it. Right. So. Cause I, I I'm getting very heavy abandoned vibes from this. That's the name of the game, right? Abandoned. That one, yeah. um, yep. the blue yeah. bubble from it, blue hole, uh, blue, blue, no, blue hole is the good one. They made blue box, they, yeah, blue, blue box. box. That's it. Yeah, one's a circle, one's a square. You're thinking blue point as the good one, yeah, yeah that's right. The There's a lot of blue, made, yeah. huh? Yeah. yeah, um, but yeah, this is this the day before has very similar vibes, right? Where it's it's this weird, like, kind of fake excuse kind of feeling. And everything just looks too good to be what it is. You know, like next thing you know, they're going to be like, oh, yeah. And we're working with like Tetsuya Nomura on this or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, so now me too. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I'll wait a thousand years. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's just like, I don't know why it reminds me of this, but this is a famous thing from Reddit for years ago of this lady that posted about her dragon game. Remember that she was, I don't know if anybody's seen it. She was hyping up this thing on making this dragon thing. It was super detailed. Oh yeah. <laughs> she posts like a screenshot. It's like looking, the dumbest looking thing you've ever seen. <laughs> like an MS paint dragon. It's like, here, this is the game. And like, it was, it seemed serious, like genuine. Anyway, I don't know why it reminded me of that. 
obviously it, this looks amazing if it is real but it definitely is one of those too good to be true feel like kind of things yeah and i mean even if it was set to come out in march right and like if you believe them you take it on face value right if the only reason for the delay is oh the name doesn't work anymore that kind of implies that the rest of the stuff is ready to go by march right sure and we haven't seen any gameplay well there's some clips well yeah but it also like gives like remember the first time they showed you brought watchdogs remember the first time they showed the division and it's like jesus that looks crazy cool or oh, like at least like graphically dynamics. it looks neat yeah like you well, know like all yeah. dynamic weather effects yeah well, none and then of that remember they there. hired like three of your best friends to be in the yeah. e3 promo stuff it's to voice stupid, chat they do that the stupid acting of like nobody fucking plays a game yeah, like this <laughs> yeah but i remember thinking like wow they're doing like cool stuff like like bullets going through windshields like it perfectly looks like that like all this stuff that just a lot of crazy detail that wasn't there obviously when it came out but so right. like the cop system in cyberpunk kind of yeah uh, lots lots of stuff with cyberpunk <laughs> yeah so i think isn't, isn't the new slated release date for the day before or release window like it's later this year it's not like indefinite right? it's just 2023 and they have completely pulled the steam page down which is strange to me because typically a trademark dispute would not force that particular move and this is probably, if we're being completely honest, because I do track games pretty closely that are like high up on my list. They have removed their Steam page like six times in the last year. So mm-hmm. very usual. Like I'll go to check and like be like, oh, let's see if there's any news updates. And it takes me right to the Steam homepage because they've pulled it down. Wow. Um, and hmm. it's been random. Sometimes they've made an announcement. Sometimes they haven't. This is one of the times where they made an announcement and then it was gone. Mm. Um so it's a little weird overall yeah so you're saying i can't go follow it right now if i wanted to correct all the data in steam db is just what was there before basically mm. you can't Whatever. add to that follower count Auden. i'm sorry no, i was gonna yeah i well, wonder when we will hear more about abandoned yeah that's what i was just thinking too right because it's been a while since we saw that man walk down the hallway for two seconds you might say it's abandoned why would I say no, that? We saw that. It's got L fanning in it or whatever. <laughs> we saw the thing. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, good old abandoned. Well, let's shift focus and talk about games that do actually exist, like a surprise drop from last week that just came kind of literally out of nowhere-ish. I think there were some leaks before it came out, but for the most part, it was just like out of nowhere, hi-fi rush xbox's latest and perhaps only decent game on the xbox series x in a while in, in a, a while, while. just a, a small indie game yeah, yeah yeah it's just a little indie game it's like stardew valley no um it's it's this rhythm action game from tango gameworks which i love that in their their like trailer for it they were like from the makers of the evil within and in parentheses seriously because nope you know they're all about the horror and the atmosphere ghostwire tokyo evil within and then you look at hi-fi rush and you're like this is not these aren't the same people uh stretch you played about two chapters of it two levels yeah how do you feel i i love it it's so fucking great um it it is so reminiscent of like classic 90s platformers to me Mm. um but also that like beat combat element um when you like get into a flow and start like picking that up, um, it especially gets like way faster once you get like the grapple, uh, mm-hmm. the grapple ability and stuff as well. It just feels good, looks good. Um, Robbie Damon does an amazing job on the on the VO performance of the main character whose name I'm blanking on. Chai. 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 Yeah. It's just it's a blast. It's good fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I find Chai very charming because he's just like he's like the quintessential doofus, like lovable doofus character, you know. Um, I think my only problem with him is that you have the cat name 808, and I feel like Chai is also a very good cat name. So sometimes my brain is like, oh, it's the cat Chai, but no, it's 808, which is also a great. Name I saw that the, the 808 cat's name Bob. is Bob. Yeah, Bob. Oh, 808 not 808. It's well, it's Leet speak for Bob. 
Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the. I like 808 more because every time the cat like steps, it plays like an 808 kind of, you know, like like the, the the drum, right? 808 drums. That's oh. that's more musical knowledge than I have. I just thought it was okay. Bob <laughs> Bob the cat with elite speak. <laughs> um no drum? i yeah 808 drums they're like really really oh. well known right okay um so i also have been playing hi-fi rush i do enjoy it i feel uh it's i like the beat mechanics i think a little more than um metal hellsinger honestly i feel like metal hellsinger felt a little like, like it was good but kind of uh if you didn't play on the beat you couldn't play at all or at least with hi-fi rush there's never a point where you feel like you can't do what you want it's just that when you're on the beat you do it better right which i like that it doesn't feel as punishing it's more it's only rewarding right and it kind of continuously so far has given me things that i felt like i've wanted like in, in the first chapter i was like man this is really fun i wish like there was a a way to close the gap faster and then on uh, the second chapter, like, here's a grappling hook. You can use it to platform and to pull yourself to enemies. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. This is great. Like, it's so good. You end up you end up doing, like, Kingdom Hearts kind of combos of just, like, finishing up a sweep and then grappling to someone else. And, like, you just kind of end up spending most of combat in the air somehow. Mm. Um, and that's just, like, super satisfying to just keep that combo going. Yeah yeah i just i love that it came out of nowhere right just the surprise big drop like i don't think any I don't, i'm curious if any games press really knew about it either at least or had a code because like no reviews came out until like a day or no, two after they didn't do that yeah yeah it was I feel a like, true surprise drop right yeah for everyone zero marketing just hey it's out yeah that was it and i mean that's it really that's such a great thing about game pass that it's not like Oh, a game has come out. Mm, do I want to pick it up? It's like the game is out in two hours. Go play it. It's like, fuck mm -hmm. yeah, I'll go do that. And then there's like, you know, the $8 up uh, upgrade to the deluxe edition if you want like more costumes and shit. It's yeah. just such a perfect, um, like the, the perfect set of circumstances to get a huge game release. Mm hmm. And it's such a charming game too. Like when I talk about it to some of my other friends, I've been describing it as like, this is a video game. It's, it's as if Edgar Wright directed a video game is how this feels. You know, the, the Scott Pilgrim guy, <laughs> yeah, Hot yeah. Buzz, all that. Because yeah. it's so like frantic and uh, like ADHD in, in a way where, you know, it's just like quick cut, swipe, swipe, zoom, right? It's like all over and crazy. And Chai is just such a like hyperactive ball of energy that seeing everything through his lens, it, it just it just felt so Edgar Wright to me, which I, it sounds like stress that's resonating with you too. Yeah, 100%. I, I did not I did not put that pin on that on that part of the board, but I totally get that. Um, yeah. Love Edgar Wright. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, did you were you about to say a thing? No, no it just made, that makes me even more interest because Edgar Wright makes good good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's got a charm to it that you know the writing it's cheesy but it works you know like i don't so far nothing has been surprising in terms of like storytelling you know you can kind of predict what's going on so far but it just has this nice little charm to it that you know it's fun it's chill and it's great that it's it's free asterisk yeah because <laughs> you know game pass yeah, yeah. Um, and in terms of like the, the format of the release, I would love to see, you know, we've now seen Pentiment be a kind of smaller passion game that has just kind of been dropped and um, not dropped as in like lack of support, but like dropped as in released. Um, and then the same now with Hi-Fi Rush. I, I really hope that, that we're going to be seeing more of these kinds of small yeah. passion games. I think... This up. would be the smart move for Xbox with Game Pass. PlayStation's got the really big budget stuff that they just fucking crush. And there's been a severe lack of these, you know, double A mid-sized mid-tier games, you know, that are like, I think if, if you don't have Game Pass, isn't Hi-Fi Rush like 30 bucks? Like, yeah. so it's not, yeah. it's, it's not a $60 game. 
it's it's a smaller game but still excellent same with pentiment it's a smaller game it's a great game like you said and both these are through xbox so i'm wondering if that's the play going forward and if it is i'm all for it because usually that's where you get the more interesting shit like nobody's yeah. making a a massive pentiment game that's <laughs> supposed to compete with god of war or something open world pentiment 500 yeah. hours it's when you get like a unique double a title and with the lack of marketing they did on this one too that only gives the developer more money to experiment yeah. further mm-hmm. so well, what's, it's, what's nice it's is interesting like those those big games always kind of get feature bloat at some point it's like oh we got to have this and this and this we got the checklist of shit that needs to be in this big game otherwise people are going to be like oh we got cheat you know you cheated us out of something or whatever and these smaller games like hi-fi rush or pentamy like i don't fucking need that just make the game that should be made mm-hmm. and that's all you need yeah and i think that this game doesn't suffer from any feature creep in a way where it feels draining to us the player yeah. like if this game were open world i don't think i would yeah as, as glowingly positive about it the fact that it's just con- contained like they're fairly long levels like i think it took me like 50 minutes to get through the first level yeah. kind of Wow. You know, like at a, at, a, at a chill pace, but it's still like fairly linear. The occasional like side path to get this upgrade or, you yeah. know, like a little secret room behind some breakable stuff here, right? Like it's it's very Devil May Cry in its level design, right? Where it's easy to get to the end, you know where you're going and you don't have to worry too much about like a side quest or something, at least so far. I mean, yeah. we're only two chapters in, right? Or two tracks in, I guess. Yeah. Yes, because yeah, like this, this, it looks like there's replayability as well. Like come back to an earlier level with more abilities, and you know you can open some more stuff up. Um, which is you know, for for the people who want to collect and do everything, you can do it. If you don't care about that, then you can very clearly be like, ah, yes, I can't go here. Oh well, mm-hmm. and you just move on with life. <laughs> yeah. And and if you're a music nerd, I think there's going to be a lot you'll enjoy about the game because everything just has this little touch of like playful music punness to it. Like there's a when you jump up in the air and do a heavy attack, you smash down, and they call that a hammer on. Uh, or there's like, yeah, or like your your first special attack is called power chord. So and cheesy, but yeah. did you know of the cat is a reference to drums? Did you? <laughs> Yeah, of course I, I did. I feel like you learned it in real time in the past ten minutes. I, I, I know, know that, you at. I know that drums exist, and there are different kinds of them. There are. If you show me a, a drum like that would be used by like a rock band and like bongo drums, I'd be like, those are different. Mm, okay. Tell, yeah. tell you what, you'd, you'd look at the eight hundred eight, and you would say, "That's not a drum." <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well my fire rush great game if it's on game pass if you have game pass go check it out i'd recommend it kind of feels like a blast from the past like a game that could have come out on a ps2 or ps3 much like dead space did 15 years ago <laughs> dead space. excellent segue that thank was you. beautiful that was <laughs> amazing uh dead <laughs> space it, it came out again guys it came out again um and it, it kind of feels the same, but better. You don't need new things anymore. Yeah. Uh, if I remember right, I think, Stretch, you were really close to finishing Dead Space, right? I'm on the, the last chapter. Mm. I was, as we were doing podcast prep and setup and deciding what we were going to talk about today, I was kicking the shit out of some necromorphs. <laughs> oh, just kicking them. No guns anymore. Just stomping well, them. One gun run. Get them on the ground. I mean, you only need to do a one-gun run because they give you the best fucking gun in the game first. Yeah, plasma gun. Pl- like, yeah, it's like it's not like you come in with like an assault rifle and then you get the thing that's specifically designed to hit the weak point. Um, it's just like, well, yeah, if this thing like has a vertical, has a horizontal, and it will take off limbs. I I don't know why I want a shotgun or a flamethrower. Let me just fucking do the thing. Yeah, though I will I will give a shout out to the Ripper because it's not as effective as a plasma cutter, but boy, is it fun just levitating a chainsaw, like a buzzsaw far away from you. Just being oppressive with it. 
Um, I want to go around the table real quick and just because it's a 15 year old game. Have people here played at least the original in the past 15 years? Is everyone nope. here? Nope. Yes. Past 15. Many times. You, you know, since it original came out, right? Have, yeah. have you played it yeah, before? Yeah. 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 Well, there's been a lot of things recently that it's like 20th anniversary and that just makes me want to die. So mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know what time is anymore. Fair. But you played Dead Space before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. or the first three so there's like a tertiary well, one right or am uh, i thinking of like there a was comic? retribution or something yeah there was one for the wii that was kind of like a mix of on rail shooter and comic book that then oh, i think yeah. got ported to the other consoles mm. that one i have uh, played me neither yeah. the movies are good too this is one of few horror uh, series that i've played yeah, there was a there was a Dead Space animated movie. It kind of has a similar art style to the old Men in Black TV show. Huh, um, interesting. But it is it is about like what happens when the marker first uh, arrives on the USG Ishimura. So it's like mm-hmm. when all of the shit goes down before Isaac shows up. Right. So like Not all of it. the. It's kind of, I mean, it's so reminiscent of the movie Alien um, that they're like watching shit unfurl as they've brought something onto the ship. Mm. Um, but really good movie. I'd recommend checking it out if you want a bit of a horror binge. I think it's free to watch on YouTube movies. Oh. That's where well, I, I guess I know what I'm doing tonight. I'll be watching but... The Last of Us tonight. Oh, yeah. Not that. Fair. Fair. Right. Fair. Supposedly the uh, best one. Everybody's hyping it up as the best one. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's caught up on Vox Machina too. So season two is coming out too. That's exciting. That's season right. two confirmed. Yeah. Uh, Dead Space. I am enjoying it. I think it, it does feel like a blast from the past for me because I Dead Space is a game. I think I played it two through like two or three times, like in that first year it came out, like back you know in the day. But then you know I hadn't touched it in the past fourteen years, so now I'm like replaying it, and I feel like you know how you remember things better than they actually looked. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm feeling like this remake is delivering on my memories of the game, which I find fascinating because like I remember all of this, but it's kind of a weird uncanny valley, like Twilight Zone, like alt reality. Like I remember this, but do I remember it like this or not? You know? Yep. Yeah, I think that that's probably one of the best things that a remake can ever do is. And I, I said it in the in the video that I did with Chris talking about first impressions. But if a remake looks as good as my like rose tinted memories of it look then i think that that's great like that's what i want Mm -hmm. yeah but so you're pretty far into the game and you're saying stretch that for the most part it's pretty one-to-one in terms of like story and like the beats yeah the the story is all there um you know with isaac talking and being allowed to talk it feels less like he's just getting kind of like told to do shit um you know and it's more like there's that discussion and he's like okay well i'll go and do this thing as opposed to like hey uh hey isaac i'm gonna stay here safe in the bridge but can you go through that other fucked up portion of of the ship i know you just went through a fucked up portion of the ship but there's something else that you need to do in this other portion and you just kind of go and do it because you're the person playing the game Mm -hmm. you Um, need something to do yeah uh, there have been like some fun little bits of extra story or background with like side quests and stuff. Um, and there's some like new mechanics, like the the fuse boxes, um, which are pretty mm. neat. There's a part early on where you have to decide between do I want to power the doors, the elevator or the lights? And you can only pick two of them. But from where you are, you need the elevator. And of course, to leave, you need the <laughs> you need right. the doors. So it's like, well, I guess I'm turning off the lights. Fuck. <laughs> well, I, there's another one early on that I love too. That this was a choice where you need it's three it's three things again. It's lights, oxygen, or like the door or something like the thing you need, and then you have to decide. <laughs> okay, do I want to see the things I'm killing or have a time limit before I have to re- regen my oxygen? Which is like that's an interesting choice mm-hmm. that I loved having. Yeah, uh, but aside from that, it's really it's the same game that you that you would love, you know, and for new. Dead Space people who maybe weren't even alive 15 years ago when the game came mm. out. Um, 
be a great way to hop on. Yeah, if you're 14 years old, play Dead Space. That's um, that's our that's I, our recommendation. I played, I played it when I was 14. Yeah, I, well, like, I guess that's against the rating. I played it. Yeah, I guess I was like 13 when I played it. Yeah. Oh no, I would have had to have been 15. Sorry, because mm. because it was MA 15 plus in Australia. Legally, legally, you're 15. Well, <laughs> you'll be your safe I, stretch. You can admit to it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. The the first place that I saw a Dead Space trailer, this was before <laughs> the internet was as huge a thing, and like it's not just like anyone would put their trailers everywhere. Yeah. Um, that I saw a trailer for it at Australia's crappy equivalent of like a a, a Comic Con or an E3 called Supernova, mm. Um, mm. and they had a big. A, a big, I wouldn't even call it a booth. It was a room. They built a big metal room in the center of the con floor. Um, and they were checking IDs at the door because Australia is so strict about um, like video games stuff. Right. Um, so I had to have my ID wow. checked, confirm that I was 15 to go into this darkly lit room with with mannequin limbs hanging from like the ceiling and stuff. To, to watch a trailer of Dead Space. Mm. And now here you are again, 15 years later, playing it yeah. once more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm not far enough to like really comment much on the story. Uh, but I do, like you said earlier, I like that Isaac talks. I do think that adds a nice layer of kind of depth to the story where it feels like he has more agency and he's like an actual character. Because that's one thing I liked about the second and third game, which. You know, the third game is its own thing. But the fact that Isaac is a character instead of just a silent avatar for you to inhabit, I kind of like that more. Um, but I also enjoy that so far I've noticed that you don't technically need the tram to get to the med bay. And I'm getting the sense that the map is going to be so open that you can backtrack whenever. And I've read in the reviews too, I think that there are like side quests where you have to backtrack to like... Yeah complete them and i'm liking that the ishimura now kind of feels like a big kind of haunted house basically that's yeah like you know you, you can roam and do and go wherever you want which is nice it feels very different than like because i remember the original game it felt very like level by level right kind of like hi-fi rush where like here's level one you completed it now loading screen or i guess elevator in the old days right and get to level two and so on yeah they and like that there's no loading screens is one of their selling points, but they still have like the long winded elevators and a long tram sequence. And it's like, okay, like, sure. There's no loading screen, but it's, it's not like there's no need for a loading screen. Yeah. But they're building tension with that. Right. Like I'm sure that it, with the power of the PS5 TM, it loads pretty quickly. <laughs> I bet. But <laughs> But you know, it's the tension, right, of the long elevator ride, and it's like, is that is this the one where the necromorph comes in? Because I know there's yeah. one elevator in the game where the necromorph jumps in. And I don't remember which one it is. So every that's time I like get in, in, I'm like, yeah, that's in chapter six or seven. Okay, um, you'll you. you'll know it. It's a much larger. It's like a freight elevator, mm, um, right? But it's very like, oh, the freight elevator has stopped halfway down. Give us a moment. We're fixing it so that it will keep going. And it's like, yeah, huh. What's going to come out of the walls? Come on, let's get this on. <laughs> right. I think there's also one save point or bench, I remember, where like right after you're done with it, a necromorph comes out behind you. And I don't remember which one that is either. They, do, I know that they do a really good job, not just like setting you up for jump scares all the time, but they'll do a whole bunch of like a necromorph will pop out all the way over on the end of the hallway and it will loudly come at you. Um, and what you don't realize is that one has quietly one popped out behind you. So that by the time you're like stood still, shot off some limbs, you've now just got a knife in the back. Yep. Um, I really, I appreciate those moments. It's like, ah, oh, fuck shit. Yeah. No, Dead Space, the, this remake is a pretty, pretty spot on one. I think it's, it's delivering on all accounts for what, you know, what you would like. It's kind of the new definitive way to play the game. Yeah um so yeah i'm enjoying it it's uh one one thing that did sit weird with me though is that you have to log into your ea account at the beginning or like they prompt you to you can skip it but it, it was just kind of a reminder of how ea is ea for me you know 
yeah, the, the I mean, company known for making great single player games. Well, I'm, I'm saying that 15 years, 15 years ago, they did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they've been well, putting them out. Star lately. Wars. Yeah, there's, there's Jedi 2, right? Coming out in March. Yeah. yeah. But that's the Dead Space remake. If you've been excited for it, you probably already bought it. And so far, it seems better than Callisto Protocol. So it's, you know, it's, <laughs> they won that battle. Yeah, pretty heartily. Yeah. Uh, okay, last game on our list. There have been a lot of games coming out, but let's talk about Forspoken, Square Enix's latest and greatest. Uh, uh, from Luminous. They paid us to review it. They did. Yeah. TikTok. We gave it an 8.0. Yeah, Rut, um, Rut took the money though, did not give it to the reviewer. Yeah, he pocketed it all himself to buy all the copies of Forspoken. Uh, he actually put down a pre-order for Index Two. Oh yeah, that's right. So Otten, you better not you, announce that. You and I have been playing Forspoken. <laughs> uh, how far are you into the game? Not super far. A few hours, several hours. Okay. Not, not a bunch. Okay. Like what chapter do you remember? I couldn't tell you. I, oh. I I took a trip in between it, and I can't remember what the last one. Oh, right. I haven't played in a couple days. Gotcha. Well, how are you feeling about it so far? There's been a lot of buzz um, online. I will say it. I don't think it deserves a lot of the hate it's getting. I'm not going to say it's a good game, though, mm. in the same breath. <laughs> uh, mm. I'm not going to say it quite deserves what it's getting, but, whew. Uh, boy. <laughs> uh-huh. It's got some good ideas. Doesn't really know what to do with them though. Some glowing um, pricks. I don't know. Kind of right away. The whole I think that whole opening thing is like I think there's a good idea there, but it fucking sucks. <laughs> You're in New York and the like stupid gang members. It's so hammy and not like not. It, it doesn't feel like it was trying to be. It's trying to be like yeah, this is a serious. This kid's getting fucked up by these this weird gang of people that i don't and they don't explain why she's involved with them we mm -hmm. know she's trying to steal money to get out of town for some reason and that's it also well, she's a criminal and she happened to be black and it seems like a bad move but you know will if i was interested in picking this up will i have needed to have played the first three for this one to make sense oh now you're just for joking stretch did you say that there uh, is so much to do in the world? There is so much to do there, in the there world. There actually is so much to do there, in this there world. There is too much to do in this world. Yeah, there is um, so much. Yeah, I. so I am at the halfway point of the game, I think. just mm. it, it feels that way in terms of like storytelling, like the hero's journey kind of stuff. Um, so I, I think it is remarkably similar to Final Fantasy XV in really almost too many ways yep. um and and that's good and bad because i did enjoy 15 but there are some parts where i felt like it was kind of boy that open world huh yeah and that's how this game feels too because this is one yep. of those where like if you mainline it i could totally believe you finish it in 12 hours maybe i think that's what dan yeah. said our viewer is that he first did that because he was afraid he wouldn't finish it for a time review and he think he said he did it in 11 or 12 hours yeah and, and I'd believe that, honestly, because if yeah. you just go point A to point B, you're good. But the thing is, there's like 50 plus things to do on the way yeah. from point A to B. Map's um, huge. Yeah, it's huge. Like there's a ha, wait, have you opened the map screen? Have you pressed the touchpad yeah. again after you open the map screen? Was it? No, I mean, I've looked at the whole map, but I, does that open and it all the, up? That's where it zooms out to the okay. whole map. And yeah, the, and it's that like looked, fucking huge. I doubled back. I was like, oh, my fucking but God. I guess what what you run really fast. So, like, there's a you lot do. of open space in between stuff. So it's not like, oh, my God, this is so jam-packed. Like, there's still a lot of shit. Yeah, but, but it, it does feel too it's, big. It's too much. It, it's too it, much. it feels similar to 15, where 15 was a lot of huge open spaces, open roads. Yeah. And you didn't get a lot of payoff much. for that, which sucks. Because there's not yeah. a lot of payoff that the, I've seen so the far. Banter. Yeah, boy, I pop okay. out and take a picture every once in a while. Yeah, you do that in this that. game. You do that in this game. You can do take you pictures. Think, like, did they did only make her come from the modern day so that they could justify her having a phone for photo mode? Yes. Is that the only I reason? Mean, so far, that's all it feels like. <laughs> I guess they they gave 
They gave Sora a smartphone for that purpose as well. So yeah, but no, but it's a gummy can, phone. It's in universe. Yeah, it's Nomura. <laughs> he can do whatever the fuck he wants. I don't care, and I'll I'll just accept it. It's like that's just part of it. Forspoken hasn't earned this. <laughs> <laughs> but there's just yeah, so I, much weird shit in this. I don't know. There is a lot to do, and I and I feel that there's a little bit of a disconnect in terms of like the reward that you get from going out to do the side thing versus just kind of playing it in other ways. So like, for example, there's, you know, like an example, one of them is like, here's a bunch of ruins. And if you kill all the enemies there, you get a stat increase. Yeah. More often than not, the stat increase is like plus one to magic damage, which is like, okay, that's nice. Or I can go to my crafting bench and do plus one magic on my cape by imbuing it with a resource that's so abundant that I have over a hundred of them. And I can kind of do that until I hit the cap. So Mm -hmm. like within a few seconds, I can get like plus 25 purple magic damage instead of the plus one from beating all the enemies in the ruin over there, you know? So it doesn't feel like the reward is worth it for most of them. But then there's the occasional ones where if you go there, you get a new spell. And usually those spells are pretty useful. So it's worth doing that. But it's very hit or miss in terms of what's worth doing. Yeah, I haven't had a ton of the open world stuff. But there's just a few things like when you get to the first, when you get to that town, that's just so fucking weird. Like, um, yeah, like... Well, even before that, so there's like weird scene, like they'll have cutscenes and they'll just have random fade to blacks in yeah. them. And I was like, oh, the scene's up. Nope, it's not over. Oh, it's Mm-mm. over. Nope, it's not. O-. And it's really just one character talking and another character talking. And for some reason, they just fade to black in between them. Yes. It's so fucking weird. And like at first, like, is this a, is that a mistake? Nope. They just keep kept doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so bizarre. Just there's so many weird little things. They do that when you like feed the sheep too. There's a side quest where you feed a bunch of sheep yeah. and you approach it, you press triangle and then it fades to black. And then just some text in the middle pops up. You fed the sheep and then it unfades oh, no. to black. Oh, yeah. Man, that's unfortunate. Yes. It's, yeah, it's just a There's little weird stuff. So like another along those same lines in that um, initial town, there's like a, a minstrel guy that's does music and he's like, ah, I'm going to play this song for you. Doesn't play it yeah. at all. You don't hear the song. He's like, playing up this song he's talking about it and then he comments on how great the song was and it's like i didn't hear fucking anything and i got for a second i was like did i just not did i like skip it on accident nope i just didn't they just didn't play it and it's like what the fuck is this why did this interaction exist Mm -hmm. (laughs) so bizarre yeah and i think it's it's this weird uh thing with the cutscenes where I think the the face capture is pretty good. Like yeah. the you know the Frey, I think Ella Balinska is the actress's yeah, I name. I remember it. Yes, that's you know, right. Like, like it looks really good as her, yeah. but there's also this weird kind of feeling where it's like it looks good from one angle. Mm. <laughs> like there, yeah. there's something about the transition of the faces. Like when they go from like happy to sad or you know, like a different emotion showing where it feels yeah. very wooden and stiff, where it's like you're turning on a switch as opposed to like a natural, mm. you know, the face muscles move to the next emotion kind of a thing that felt yeah. really off to me. Yeah, it's there's yeah, like it's, it's a lot of just, I don't know, things are just slightly off a lot of times or they're just not done well or they're very uh, obvious. Like I was, when they, the big... Uh, point in the game where you go find you find the cuff and then you end up in athia in the fantasy world she's sitting up there all depressed because bad shit's happened which is the funniest dumb fucking bad shit ever (laughs) that's so stupid like the reason they get her out of town is so fucking dumb i can't (laughs) these stupid gang members she's like gets away from them and she goes home she's like oh i got them i can like escape tomorrow i can finally leave town and then she wakes up in her apartment's on fire and they're mm-hmm. like, wow, we fucking found you. And that they have spray paint on our window. And that's it. It's like, you that's so fucking stupid. Anyway, so after that, she's all sad about that and trying to figure out what she's going to do. And she's standing on this sign uh, and then sees a weird light and goes to investigate. And that's where she goes, finds the bracelet. But you have to climb down this ladder. And it says uh, it's the hotel, the crossroads. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, that's so... I'm do, sure do a lot think, of people didn't notice it. Do you think that was a reference to something? Yeah, and it's like, wow. Like, you like you couldn't at least try to make something that's more, like, a symbolic crossroads. No, it's just the crossroads. Mm-hmm. And it's just very obvious shit like that, I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, it's very Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. yeah very. But, uh, well, yeah, they... They make sure you know that that should be in your mind early too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I here's the thing though: we we haven't been saying too many positive things so far. But I am having fun with it. I, I, I am. I think combat's fun. It's a uh, like I don't know. It's not the greatest thing, but it's a great like uh, I don't know. It feels. Trying to think of the right way to describe it. Not filler is the wrong word, but it's just like, hey, you kind of just go through the motions and you see cool shit happen. Yeah, I mean, it, I think I, I mentioned this when I played the Forspoken demo on the pod, but it feels like the magic system in fifteen Final Fantasy fifteen, but expanded as its own gameplay system. Yeah, where you have a I lot more that. fine control over everything, mm-hmm. and like you have more control over the dodges and the movement. Um, which I am enjoying that, and mm. I. I think now that I have more time, like I think I'm like 10 ish hours in and I'm really got, I've gotten a good grasp of the combat. It is mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I think yeah. there is something really interesting here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only knock I'd give it is that it does get a little a kind of annoying slash fatiguing to have to keep hitting the right trigger to yeah, do your attacks. I'm already kind of getting annoyed with that. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, I'm having to yeah. hit this a lot. Yeah, I mean, I understand like controller scheme wise, it makes sense mm-hmm. to do that, but I do kind of wish it was like the square button or something. And I, yeah. I guess I could just re button, remap that Probably. if I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, the combat's fun. It looks cool. Uh, there's actually a lot, like, you can do quite a bit. It's pretty expansive, more than mm-hmm. you think. Um, I do enjoy that. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely going to keep playing it. Like, all the other stuff, I'm like, oh my God, this, there's. The stuff around it's not that great. It's kind of well, like I said, it's like Final Fantasy 15. Like combat was pretty fun, I would say. The rest mm-hmm. of it kind of garbage. But yeah. <laughs> so, can can we talk about the? Uh, yes, the... I was waiting to talk about. I'm assuming we're going to talk about the same thing. What do you want to talk about? The the, the quips and the humor. Oh, and, I want to talk about 808 uh, again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you want to talk about the quips and the humor, and I and I kind of yeah. want to get the other two voices in the room too, because I'm sure you've seen just generally the the internet's vibe of yeah. Like, so I'm curious from like rut and stretch your perspective as someone from the outside looking in. What's what do you assume or think about Forspoken's general attitude, humor, writing vibe? What what are you getting from Twitter? From what I've seen on Twitter, I, it all looks generally non-offensive um i think that there are more games like that there are a lot of games that do quippiness sometimes it lands sometimes it doesn't um but i mean for for what i have been seeing of the reaction to forespoken and how you know even from an outside perspective it looks like people have been blowing up a whole bunch of minor shit and making it seem like a much bigger deal um I feel I just assume that it's going to be the same with the quippiness. Like, sure, mm-hmm. it's not good, but the amount of fucking hate that it's been getting um, is is mind blowing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's everything I've seen in terms of clips is not outside the realm of other games. Like, it it's not like it's unique in its weirdness or writing. Mm. There's plenty of games that have very similar writing. Um, I think the difference is who the protagonist is more than anything. Right. Um, I think that plays a big part in it, whether people want to admit it or not. Um, But I mean, it it seems very non-offensive in in it's a game. So Mm. yeah. So Otten, what are what are your thoughts on the general vibe of Forspoken? Um, I don't, I don't think it's very good, um, mm. but it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world. I think one of the things that, that why so many people on the internet get so, um, they but talk so much shit about it is that 
Well, I think part of it is like um, the humor in its core is, is clever in some way, whether it's trying to surprise you or whatever it might be. So there's some level of like, I'm not, not they're not, nobody's saying this outright, but like I'm outsmarting you in a way, or I got to some, I got from point A to point B quicker than you or whatever it might be. It's kind of what the humor, what humor is. And I think when people can see where it doesn't work, like everybody's like, ah, I can say I'm smarter now. And they like to mm-hmm. comment on that because it doesn't work. And there's a lot of times it doesn't work <laughs> in this. I don't think, I think it doesn't land pretty often and there's a, they try a lot, uh, but it's, it's not like the worst thing in the world. Not a lot of groaning thing. There's stuff that I've laughed at that I thought was pretty good, pretty funny, mm-hmm. but there is just a lot of like not stick in the landing stuff happening pretty frequently. Mm. I'd say. So I think I'm going to go out on a limb mm-hmm. and I'm going to say I, I kind of really like it. Do you? Well, re- really is a strong word, but I do like it because yeah. I've, I've, it feels like a reverse Marvel Midnight Suns or, you know, what I said about that is that the hunter feels like they were directed to act in a medieval like period piece and yeah. everyone else is a quippy Marvel character. Forspoken is the exact opposite where True. Frey nobody is else is quipping yeah everyone else is boring ass like yeah medieval and she like fantasy. says stuff and they're like she's like what the fuck is she saying she's like yeah, yeah. forget it like, yeah and <laughs> and i really like it because you know inherently alice in wonderland which i don't know if you know this but a lot of this game is a reference to alice in wonderland um <laughs> it's inherently a fish out of water story right and Frey feels like a fish out of water but from yeah. the modern day like she swears a lot she makes references to a lot of things that you know like a lot of people around our age would and she's like 21 i think in the game um and i love too that they're not afraid to like like they still make the reference and then cuff's like oh is that another earth joke and then she's like yeah you get it or like yeah now now you're getting it right like that kind of thing and it's like okay this is this is fun and it's you know it it feels like fish out of water in the modern day as opposed to like an alice in wonderland or one that was written you know pop culture back then it's very different from what we know nowadays right just a little just a little um so i think overall like i agree not every quip lands not every joke lands and there are times where you're gonna cringe or groan and you're kind of like oh okay but when it does land it's charming it's fun yeah i'd say i i think the general feeling i've gotten so far is that like it's kind of what I said at the beginning is it's it's got a lot of good ideas but they don't really execute them all that well. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while they'll do something it's like oh, okay that worked out but it's like there's so many like pitfalls in between that are just a sh- such a shame. Yeah, it's like that. Oh, we we know what to do but we don't know how to do it. And so mm. it feels like sometimes. Right. Because like yeah, I I do I I think Frank's character is fine and I do like how she interacts with the world. Um. But it's just yeah, some of it doesn't land, mm-hmm. and more, to me more often than not. But you know, I'm still I, I there's still a lot of game left for me, so who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah. Overall, I think I like Frey because she's so like kind of headstrong and stubborn, and she wants to do things her way. And yeah. it's kind of refreshing in that, like, as a protagonist, she like doesn't want to respond to the hero's call. Like, she really doesn't want to do- have anything to do with this place. Yeah, right? She wants out. <laughs> yeah (laughs) yeah and like even where i'm at she's still a lot like that um you know so it's it's just nice to see that like like the little twist on the formula as opposed to like i will respond to the hero's call and i will be the the strong powerful hero who saves the realm and yada yada and they give her like a really good reason like hey you're the one who can like survive this shit very very last of us actually yes in a way Um, she is ellie she is in a way because there's a weird disease magic going around kills everybody but she isn't affected by it for whatever reason mm-hmm. and they're all everybody's like oh shit like you can like figure this out for us so we don't all die and she's like hey man i don't really want to do that i'm like how do i get out of here <laughs> like <laughs> yeah just wants out she, i think she even says probably she's like yeah that's like she says something to not like that's your problem or something she's like yeah that's mm-hmm. fine i, I yeah. just want to leave like that's it's your guys' shit not mine yeah exactly and her uh, style is pretty good too i do like the character style a lot i don't like yeah. uh because you know she still has like the the ripped jeans and the kicks like the sneakers and there's actually some voice lines like when you're just running around and cuffs like why do you still wear those she's like you don't understand this is like peak humanity this is like the best thing humanity's ever made 
is kicks <laughs> it's like okay yeah. like this is fun um but you know that she still has like the the, the fantasy cloak on yeah. and all and even though you can get that uh i don't know if you got it there's the ps5 one where it's like it's got the no. playstation symbols on it it's really dumb looking <laughs> I would be it, wearing it exclusively. <laughs> it looks so sci-fi because you know the like PS5 it. looks like a router from Mars, yeah. and so it just has that sci-fi aesthetic to it. Even though this is a fantasy realm, it's so stupid. It's like the Nintendo Switch T-shirt in Breath of the Wild. Exactly. Yeah. I am but, surprised having played it now that the reviews were as harsh as they were. Yeah. I'm not going to say they're unfair necessarily in a lot of the critic criticism I've seen. But it's a lot harsher than I would have guessed having played it now, which is weird. Yeah, I agree. I wonder how much those were impacted by discourse too. In I terms mean, of sure reviewers some... being afraid of rating it too high. I mean, we saw the comments that we got for giving it an eight. Um, I don't know if it's afraid, but I think like if you if, if there's a pervasive thought of this is a bad thing or this is a bad aspect of it, even if they're not consciously thinking of it, it's going to affect what they, they They might go into it thinking, Oh, I already know this part's bad and just, just reinforce that. And it's not all bad at all. Mm -hmm. I think it's perfectly fine. I would, I I would, (laughs) I don't know if I'd stomach paying $70 for it (laughs) for a lot of people, but it's, it's perfectly fine game. Yeah, and I mean, hey, the magic parkour, I, I know we haven't talked yeah. about it much, we're going to have a time limit here, but that magic parkour is really fun. It, it has cool. has that same feeling as like running around in prototype, which is like the only good thing of that game, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, Boy, this is just... Pull, like, you, you know, we're talking about Dead Space, prototype now. Nobody's hey, Dead Space, know about prototype. It brought me back, probably yeah, back to 2008. Prototype's old as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Forspoken, I don't think it's it's uh, it deserves all the hate it's getting. Uh, I think you know if you're if you're on the fence and you're like, oh, this looks cool, but I'm afraid of what Twitter will think if I play it. Fuck that, just play it. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's fun game. It looks cool. Yeah, I see. Something appeals to you. Play it. Yeah, exactly. Why? I mean, it's why I keep playing Elex. I'm sorry. That's because of the. That's because of what happened to you when you were younger. Oh no. Well, we'll leave that hanging. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Tech Raptor podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please feel free to leave us a review. Uh, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and share it with a friend if you want to convince them to also play Forspoken. Uh, and let us know in the comments down below of all the crazy big games that came out in the last week or so. We didn't even talk about Fire Emblem. Uh, mm-hmm. Which one have you been playing? Which one have you been enjoying? And why have you been enjoying it? Uh, you can let us know in the comments on YouTube or on our site, techraptor.net, where you can read a bunch of news, features, reviews, etc. that come out every day of the week. But if you want more of this show, we will be back next week. And we will see you then. Mm-hmm.